You're listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts, Howard Schweitzer, Mark Alderman, and Jim Schultz. Mark, Jim, good morning. 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 It is August 22nd, Saturday. We're back to our regular Saturday cadence. And uh, Jim, I'm going to start with you. I want to talk about Friday. Here's my Friday report. 5.6 million cases of COVID, 175,000 deaths. Trump comes out and says he's the only thing standing between the American dream and total anarchy, madness, and chaos. 70 former Trump, Bush, Bush, Reagan, national security officials come out and call Trump unfit to lead and endorse Biden. Trump says he will send law enforcement to the polls to ensure fair voting. Trump requests that an appeal that a court of appeals stop the release of his tax returns. Trump blames California for the wildfires raging through the state. Chris Kobach, a Kansas politician, comes out and says that, or it's reported on Friday that he has said that he talked to Trump three times about this private build the border wall campaign that got Steve Bannon arrested on Friday. I could go on, but I'll stop there. Why? Jim. Keep going. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Jim. notes, Howard. Keep going. Jim, that's Friday. Friday. That's a rough Friday. What is going on? That's a rough Friday. That's a rough Friday, Howard, no doubt. Um, that's every day, Jim. But in terms of the the Bush officials like you, Howard, and some of the former Republican officials, they are a lot of the same folks that were not with them to begin with, right? Or that were not with them during the during uh, Bush's effort to win the nomination the last time. It's no shock that guys like John Kasich, who wasn't with them the last time, is standing up at the Democratic National Convention. Um, you know, that's just, you know, that that is um, indicative of nothing as it relates to what the American public's going to do on Election Day. And that's true. But it's an indictment of his, of his fitness to lead the country. Seventy former national security council, national security officials across three Republican administrations coming out and declaring that the Republican president is unfit to lead. But they also look. These are the same folks that stood up the last time, for the most part. What's the no, point? No question. What's but the it, point? But I don't agree. This it, it had no impact the last time. I don't think it's going to have any impact this time. Well, I'll in tell you the election. I'll tell you why it is We're relevant. Pure politics. Now. I think first of all, it's true. Okay, it's true. We know it. You know it, Jim. You're not going to say it out loud, but it's true. Let's start there. But here's why it's relevant. It's relevant not because it's true, that's highly relevant, but everybody knows that. That's not news that it's true that he's unfit. It's relevant that they appeared at the convention, and I want to talk about that convention, because that was a big tent convention. That convention had everything from those 70 former Bush, Bush, Reagan, national security advisors, Colin Powell at the, the top of the list, 
to that kid Brayton from New Hampshire with his stutter, who was absolutely the best speech of the night. Biden's was a close second and everything in between and their willingness to stand on that stage and say that is to me a demonstration of the coalition that Biden is building. And that coalition is relevant to election day. Those guys alone aren't turning suburban housewives, as Trump would disgustingly call them. But their presence on that stage, I believe, is is relevant to what's going on in, in the Biden coalition. Jim, what do you say? Well, by the I, way, by the way, it wasn't I, I can't stand I people that. calling this a convention. It was an infomercial, Mark, and yeah, it was good. It was damn it was good. good. The production it was, was fine. A, there were very few mistakes. It was nicely done. No question about that. It um, was a great infomercial. Brayton is a hero. Biden made the speech of his life. But I don't think he did, but, we're going to come back to that. So but the Rhode Island calamari in the roll call I was absolutely epic. Absolutely epic having a plate of fried calamari in the roll call. So I, I, I disagree with you because I recall in 2016, you and I standing in the Wells Fargo Center doing NBC 10. And I saw Joe Biden's speech there. And I looked at you on television and said, Boy, he's a much better candidate than she is back then, based upon one speech, right? And mm-hmm. I think I said that on television. And I and the re and I think if you do a side by side of Joe Biden four years ago versus Joe Biden today, I think it tells a strikingly different story. His his vigor, his performance, and granted, you're in a hall with people in it, but it wasn't all that full of a hall at the time. Um, he was fairly early on in the evening because we were doing the five o'clock news, Mark. I just think that um, I, I don't see that as as one as this speech as being this moment for the campaign. I think the speech he gave four years ago was a better moment for him than the well, one I saw. You know, Jim, I give I give you points because you are formidable. You're a great advocate and complimenting him four years ago to try to show the deterioration since is very clever, but he it just isn't good compare. I mean, he, yeah, wasn't nailed, as he nailed the landing and he had to, and he had to, he had to come out and demonstrate. But Mark, to. surely you're not arguing that he hasn't lost a step. I am talking about two things. I'm talking, number one, about the content of what the man had to say, which was honest and strong and inspiring, but sobering and inclusive and patriotic. And the content of that speech, I thought, was exactly who he is. He gave a Joe Biden speech in content, and I think it really resonated. But also, has he lost a step? Have we all lost a step in in the last four years? The man is fit. Mark, speak for yourself. The man is, I'm actually, (laughs) I have to say, uh, COVID's been good for my conditioning here, but uh, the man is fit for office. He demonstrated his fitness for office. And we started this podcast with the incumbent demonstrating 
his unfitness. Biden presented a choice. Until Biden's speech, there was a question about whether there was a choice or whether this was just a referendum on Trump. Listen, and and I believe still show that it's still a referendum on Trump. Last well, the- night, last night I had a socially distant drink on the porch of a friend of mine who's a big time Republican. And we were talking about Biden's fitness to, to lead. And I said, what do you think? And his response was that he would vote for a baked potato over Donald Trump. So, well, good. I, I really I, don't think it matters. I'd like to send him an email if you can give me. Uh, I think it matters because I think it matters. I, I think it matters. Go to the polls. That's I think it, that's exactly right. I think it matters because there are too many people who do not want Donald Trump to be reelected but may not go to the polls if they don't believe Joe Biden is a better choice. There's a difference between voting against Trump and voting for Biden. And And I think he gave a lot of people a reason to vote for him on Thursday night. There was no policy. There was really, Mark, from a, in terms of who you trust to lead, I totally agree. That's all this matters. We're look look where in, we in are. In we are not at a point in our history where we're debating tax no, policy. You Mark, know, I agree, but you have to articulate vision. Last week. You and have he to did. and he yeah. did. You know what the vision is, Howard? The vision is I hope you vote for me, but whether you do or don't, I'm gonna be the president of all Americans. Yeah, that is a great. different vision of leadership. First of all, it's it leadership. It is, it and is. it is a different no vision of this country. Right, and he's gonna give the one presented China, by Trump. We want to start talking about but Trump politics. is gonna come this week turn, and say turn the reins back over to China. There's a ch- there's gonna oh, you know, there's on. gonna be a big question about the economy going forward okay. under a Biden administration and people are going to be skeptical. You, you, when you talk to folks that sit in CEO positions that are, that are kind of apolitical, if you will, they're really concerned about stability. The funny thing, Mark, is that you see, talk to see, CEOs, they're concerned about stability. In a, if Biden gets a guys, here's, here's what I'm saying. Yes, Mark, there's a clear contrast. Yes. People like people in the middle, like me, who have worked for both sides, are naturally going to tilt toward Biden for the most part. But you have to give or a baked potato or a baked potato. But you have to give. I think you still have to give people a reason. People who voted for Trump a reason beyond a policy a policy reason to vote for biden how, how about saving the country from the virus how about having yeah, a national do that one uh, people do they people can, have people believe whether they yeah. there's a difference between and asking a poll question between who would handle the virus crisis better and who's going to save people from the virus right so the well, question that's in polls is who would do a better job at at people look, the, people the are going to come on that issue. That's my point, Mark. And and I think there's a difference in polling there. You can't say that people think Joe Biden is going to save them from this virus. There's not. That's just not believable. It's not. It's great rhetoric. It's a nice talking point. 
but it isn't true. Uh, it isn't true politically and isn't true in the polls. Well, it certainly is true in the polls that people think he'll do a better job. He's not presenting well, okay, himself as just what I un, just, unlike Trump. He's not presenting himself as a savior. The virus. I don't think he I don't is think not Biden's saving us from anything. Well, Jim, he can't possibly <laughs> do anything but better than Trump because uh, Trump okay. has. Sco- I'll accept the fact. That, that Joe Biden may have a different approach, that Joe Biden may may even have, have on hindsight, a better approach. Hindsight being 2020, he can look back now and say, I would have done things differently. But you know what? Sitting in that moment, we don't know whether he would have done things differently as it related to. But he also said, I will do and things differently. And we certainly don't, don't believe. I, I, I don't will do things differently. He's going to take us out of this Could thing. He, Jim. The panacea to this problem. Jim. Jim. I, I wish this Biden were video have... so people could see me laughing at how hard you're trying to make a point no, I'm that talking cannot about be made. Politics, Mark. You're, you're cannot made be up. made. You made you, up. You actually walked back and said, okay, well, Americans believe you would do a better stop. job. Okay, I'll accept Jim, that. Stop. I mean, he's on Twitter. <laughs> this, he's on Twitter this morning blasting his FDA on hydroxychloroquine. He talked about Did injecting you see? bleach into your body. <laughs> he said this was going to be over by Easter. So he's been completely Eric, full of shit. Every Eric Swalwell, Congressman Swalwell, who is going to be a guest on this show, we hope next week, if the schedule works, if not in a week very soon, replied to Trump's tweet. Again, Trump tweeted out, the deep state FDA is keeping people from clinical trials on the vaccine. And Swalwell tweeted out, I have a good idea, Donald Trump. Why don't you run for president someday so that you can appoint people to the FDA? So it he can't run against the government. He Actually, is the he government. successfully ran against the government the last time. That's he wasn't the government. I understand. He was, he was a charlatan. You and everybody else is missing the point. This is why the Democratic Party misses the point on Donald Trump. There's a lot of people out there that believe he's taking on the swamp, right? There's a lot of people out there that firmly are frustrated with Washington Jim, and still believe he's a disruptor. Taking yeah, on the I'm swamp. Right. This is the point. This is the time for this for your Steve Bannon point. Taking on the let's stop talking over one another. Taking on the swamp. Jim, come on. Paul Manafort and Steve Bannon have both been arrested. Bannon is innocent until proven guilty. But come on, Jim. But polling tells you that Donald Trump is a disruptor, that people are tired of the um, Jim, of you're the talking about whether he has drained he the swamp. He is the swamp. He sh- people are believing that he people believe in polls. And I'm talking about straight up political polling that Donald Trump is disrupting the bureaucracy in Washington that they're so sick and tired of. Donald well, Trump <laughs> is unhinged. Donald Trump. And look, there are a lot of good people in this administration, and this is really hard for me to do because each and every day I'm out there talking to people inside this administration who are good people, who are, are not unhinged, who are no, just trying to do their job. Un- you you were one of them. Unlike, yeah. Howard, unlike Charlottesville, very much unlike Charlottesville, there are actually very good people on both sides. 
is what yeah. you're saying. Exactly. But, but those very good people do not include the president of the United States. No, he's he's Jimmy's freaking unhinged. He goes out and says stuff that is off the wall. He's supporting this godforsaken conspiracy, QAnon, however the hell you say it, like conspiratorial vision of the world. What are you talking about? The guy is completely unfit to lead. I'm giving you the the view of of what polling numbers tell you. Data shows. Jim, it's not all about what the polling numbers say. Yes, at the end of the day. We learned that the last time. But I'm saying, my point is, I think Democrats are underestimating the fact that he's taking on the the FDA. and And we can sit here and criticize that all day long. There are certain people in this country who are saying, yeah, he should be taken on the FDA. And a lot of those people are Democrats. A lot of those people were Donald Trump voters the last time. Well, Democrats underestimate those group of folks this time. They're going to lose again. No, what you're saying, Jim, and it's true. Uh, I'll grant you this much. What you are saying is despite the truth, despite the facts, despite the evidence, despite what we all know is real, there are a lot of people who are going to vote for Donald Trump because they like the chaos. They like the fact that he's taking on his own FDA. Yes. They like the fact because that he's endorsing not, that he is endorsing because, a congressional candidate who believes that a majority of members of Congress are devil worshipers. See, okay. And, are and, people going to vote for that man? Yes, of course they are. Close to half the country is going right. to vote for that man. But that doesn't make any of it true or See, any of it factual. And if that's where we are in this country, God help us. Morass in Washington is a mess, right? That is true. And there are people in this administration who are charged with taking on that train wreck that's the bureaucracy in Washington. And I'm not talking about the president of the United States. I'm talking about the people he appointed to go in there and take on those issues. And they've been doing it. And he's able to tout it. And the fact that he goes on Twitter and pounds away at the FDA, you might not you might not like it. I might not like it. Howard might what? not like it. But there's a yeah. lot of people out there that do because they don't they believe that. Look, everybody knows you only get a certain amount of political appointees, Mark. FDA is a big place. Donald Trump doesn't run. 98 or 99 percent of the people at the FDA aren't appointed by Donald Trump or his appointee. See, what's your view is that devil worship, by the way, we've never had that discussion. Are you um, are you for or against devil worship talking about? What are you talking about? I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. The woman who won a congressional nomination in your party in Georgia who is a member of this QAnon movement, has publicly, in, in publicly ran against the devil worshippers in Congress. See, oh, my just, thing I is that... Maybe, here's, I thought maybe you were you were with her, Jim. Here, here's oh, my thing. There, I don't, unlike some people we know who shall remain nameless, who are not on this podcast, by the way, I don't okay, paint... Good. Every, I, can, I can relax. I don't paint every Trump supporter with a broad brush. I mean, I think there are very good people on both sides. Yeah, there are good people on both sides who have legitimate beliefs and feelings and reasons for voting for Trump. And I think what's missing in the whole dynamic is attentiveness to why those feelings exist. Trump is a symptom. He's he's more and more a cause, but he's a symptom. And I wish 
on the Democratic side, people would speak to those things because I think there's a lot there's a lot of problems on the Democratic side of the aisle. Like, look at every major city in this country run by Democrats forever, and they're in horrible shape. So and for 50 years, Mark, but Howard, the Democratic Party right now, there, an argument in the Democratic Party between John Kasich, who is purportedly a Republican. And AOC are feuding about what the future of the Democratic Party should look like. Our Joe Biden, before you jump on me, let me finish what I have to say here, because I know this is the part of the program where, as Brian Flaherty would say, you do your both sideism thing. I love and you that. and Jim gang up on me. Joe Biden, I'll try it this way, Jim, because even you can't disagree, I don't think, although I'm still, I didn't get an answer on devil worship. But Joe Biden speaks to the reasons that there is that alienation and that disaffectation in so much of the country. He speaks to it much more authentically, much more from his own life experience than Hillary Clinton did. No question. So we've come a long oh, way yeah, a nice job in four that. years, yeah. and we're not ignoring it as we did before. There's no talk of deplorables from, from Joe Biden. And in that speech well, no Thursday night, he was, he was talking. <laughs> so now we're going to criticize scripted speeches? No, you're, but he doesn't get questions from reporters. So he doesn't have, you know, we don't know what he's saying other than what folks are doing for him. Jim. He came, you wanted him out of the basement. That speech was not delivered from the basement. Okay. okay. And he and Kamala went to a school. How about Jill Biden in the classroom? It was a great infomercial. Of course, it was an infomercial. By the way, we're, we, of course, here at Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies are not against infomercials. We have <laughs> right. clients that make Isn't that what we're doing right now? And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, Jill Biden, Joe Biden, Kamala. Kamala, I thought, gave a, yes, it was a scripted speech, but I thought she did a great job of presenting herself. It it was a success. And we'll see. Is there a bump in the polls, Jim, from a virtual, from an infomercial? I don't know. Maybe. Like, so I don't know. I think there will be a bump in the polls, Mark. I think it was a well-run event. I think they did a nice job with it. I thought the speeches were all effective, even though scripted, but but they were effective. And, and it's the best you can do with a format like they had, at least I think it's from a production perspective. But the crazy thing is, if you look at the rate, what if you look at the ratings, I read a New York Times article this morning that was, you know, showed the ratings wars between the between the stations. And you saw this huge spike at MSNBC, this huge you know, lull in Fox's ratings once it was going on. They were really largely preaching to the choir here. Well, and that's what happens at conventions. Yeah, I sure. And television and that may be moving. It's not moving the middle, which is one of the reasons why I don't think the 70 or so people that came out, John Kasich coming out, no big but deal. But the, it, it was all people who were like, yay, Joe Biden. Well, Can Jim, I, you, you may know, I, I don't know the answer to this. You and Howard uh, uh, may know you're a little more tech savvy than I am, although I'm not sure Jim really belongs in that category. But <laughs> but who's on? He got I a new iPad, Mark. I, I know. I, I, know. Yeah. 
I need does everything. <laughs> what I don't know, and I do not know the answer. I think a lot of people watched online and are therefore not counted in the MSNBC, Fox News dynamic. I think a lot of younger people watch online. I know, for example, my kids all watched online. And, and I just don't know how that gets measured. I have a sense, but again, it comes from, from the, I only know what I know. It, I have a sense that a lot of younger voters watched online, and I can't believe oh, that they don't feel about Biden Harris than they did before they watched. So I, I think you're right. The, 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 let's assume that that. That, that that is not accounted for. It's still the trend is the point I'm saying. You're still preaching to the choir. It's people who people who are watching the DNC convention and people who are watching the Republican convention next week are already sold. What so what do we have to look forward to? I, I don't look forward to much the of debates. it. I, <laughs> the no, debates. no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Give it we gotta do next week first though. What are we gonna see what are we gonna see next week? I, What's I think- the theme? Well, what's the music? I want to know who the musical guests are going to be. Kid Rock. God, I hope Kid Rock. <laughs> that was a great concert, yeah. Steve. Ted Nugent. <laughs> Kid Rock was a lot of fun in 16. Are we going to, is Clint Eastwood coming back with the chair? I'm not sure about Clint Eastwood coming back, but I think you're going to see next week, a lot of the, the themes are going to be America first policies. They're going to talk about you know, energy independence. They're going to talk about and, and the need and job creation and the fact that Republicans are doing a better job. This administration's doing a better job on job creation, you know, and 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 keeping jobs in this country and bringing jobs over from China, uh, back from China. So I think you're going to see a lot of America first on the airwaves next week from a policy perspective. In terms of the showmanship, Donald Trump, I, I don't think I don't think it's going to be short on showmanship. He still draws eyeballs, no doubt. My favorite line of the week was uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus saying she couldn't be prouder to be a patriotic Democrat, or as Donald Trump would call me in a tweet tomorrow, "washed up horse face, no talent has been with low ratings." <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> with all due respect, sir, it takes one to know one. That was my that was the line of the week. She- yeah, she was funny. Uh, the more Hollywood that weighs in on this election, the better it is for Donald Trump. I actually true. agree with you. I, true. Not, I would not have. She, I love her. <laughs> Veep. The problem with Veep these days is when you watch it, it's tame. It looks like they didn't have enough imagination to make up the stuff that well, Trump it wasn't was just her. doing. No, but I, I would not they had have. an actress. I would not have done that. I agree with you. Yeah, more, I, Hollywood, I agree. more Hollywood's. Not good for the for the yeah. for the election for the Democrats, no doubt about it. Well, guys, to be continued, no shortage of material for us to work with. Oh, Jim Mark today it was only beating me up, and no one ever feels bad for me. By the way, it's kind of hard. Jim, the Mark, universe Mark always gives you sympathy when we pick <laughs> on him, and I get no sympathy. Mark I just get picked on more. Now that now that Steve Bannon will be occupied and, and off air, Jim is stuck with you and me. He can no longer go on the Mark Bannon radio. NBC ten now. We're going yeah. to NBC yeah. ten now. All right. Yeah. Political Thank punch you. out redux. Yep. Good. Guys, enjoy the weekend yeah. and we will be back next week. Thanks, everybody. See you guys.
Thank you for listening to the Beltway Briefing. If you liked our show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And while you're at it, drop us a rating. To learn more about the Beltway Briefing or Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, please visit our website at copublicstrategies.com.